All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. And we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios, 877-37-GRIND. All right, so, um, yeah, that's just my thoughts. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it finishes out for Steelers. They, you know, they're up against it, but they're, you know, we've talked about them maybe sitting up there still in the division, shocking people. Now we're to the point where we don't even know if they're going to get in the playoffs. And the way they've played the last few weeks, they don't not, they do not look like a playoff team. But before we dive into Dallas, we've got a phone call. We've got to go to the phones. Let's see who we got here. Let's go to Chris in Boulder. Chris in Boulder, you're on the sports grind here. What's going on, my man? What's on your mind? What's up, Cal? Good to hear from you, brother. I just want to get my call in before the holiday. Uh, you guys shut down for the holiday. Mm-hmm. So I was I was doing some research. I've been watching this for the past 10, 15 years on the quarterback, on drafting a quarterback in the NFL. There's a certain criteria you must go by. It's called Bill Parcells measurables. I don't know if you've ever heard about Bill Parcells, mm-hmm. Big Tuna, came out the list of seven criteria you must go by when drafting a quarterback. Be a three-year starter. Be a senior in college. Graduate from college. Start 30 games. Win 23 games. Post a 2-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio and complete at least 60% of your passes. Now, I've compiled a list here just to give you kind of a sample size. Mm. You cannot go any lower than six. You go any lower than six, you're taking a huge risk, and you're probably going to put your franchise back a little while. Although this isn't a a very exact science, it's it's hitting at about a 65 to 7% clip if you follow these rules. Malik Willis, four out of seven, struggling. Mac Jones, three out of seven. Bailey Zappi, six out of seven. He's probably going to be around the league for a while. Trevor Lawrence, six out of seven. He's on the threshold. Brock Purdy, he hits seven out of seven of the criteria. Desmond Ritter, seven out of seven. He's got his team in the hunt for a uh, division title, positive playoffs. Justin Fields, two out of seven. You might want to move on from him. Zach Wilson, three out of seven. Trey Lance, two out of seven. Daniel Jones, Jonas's buddy, four out of seven. And Kyler Murray, two out of seven. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to go back further, Ben Roethlisberger hit seven out of seven. Andrew Luck hit seven out of seven. And um, Dak Prescott hit seven out of seven. So if you kind of use this criteria, um, Cal, you can kind of see who's going to make it and who's not. So it's kind of interesting to see what, what happens. Hmm. Okay, Chris, thanks for the phone call, man. Thanks for listening uh, to us. And, yeah, we'll give you our holiday schedule here started probably next week, let you know we'll, we'll be here next week. We're not going anywhere yet. Um, but let me, let me – I've heard I, – I can't recite it, but, I, I mean, I've heard Bill Parcells, Keys, a quarterback. One of them was in – I know Bill was kind of high on uh, – kind of high in a certain extent to hand size and stuff like that. But, look, Bill Parcells well, – that's a knock against Pickett. Yeah, well – Bill Parcells is is one of my favorite, probably my favorite coach of all time, without a doubt. Okay, um, with his tree and everything, I don't know if I put his tree up there with Bill Par. I mean, uh, Bill Walsh, but it's it's pretty good. But with that said, I will tell you, um, things have changed, and I and I think you know because there's a couple guys that you have you mentioned in there that kind of fit the Bill uh, Bill Parcells criteria of things you look for. Um, like Dak Prescott. Um, there was another one you mentioned in there that was kind of like, man, you know. Andrew and Big Ben. 
No, uh, I forgot there was another guy in there. Um, but look, the game has changed from a Saturday to a Sunday. Uh, I think when Bill and I'm not telling you that that formula still can't work, but I think you you have to take things in consideration with that. And I would like to know, you know, if hypothetically, if we could have a Bill Parcells mind um, still capable of being coaching, if he was coaching in this day and the climate we're in and with all the changes, would he still go by that that same criteria? Because I think with the college game blending more into NFL Sundays and uh, mixed in with the rule changes uh, offensively and everything, you know, that's favoring offense and hindering defense um, and the type of offenses that are running. I, I you know, I, I think I don't know if you can solely just go off of that. Some of that stuff is just basic, you know, common sense for professional scouts that are paid to go ahead and scout NFL talent at that position. Um, I just feel that it's you got to take that in a grain of salt because I think the game has pretty much changed, um, you know, for the most part offensively where, you know, when you talk about like, say, for example, like a four year starter or a senior. I mean, when Bill's thinking about this, majority of guys back then did stay all, at that position, did stay all four years. Um, maybe to the junior for the most part, but if you saying a starter, for a four-year senior starter, those are kind of they're there, but they're hard. They're they're kind of far in between of late of the NFL. Well, I think it was what start thirty games or a three-year starter, so not four-year. So, so, it's, it's so a three-year, yeah, three-year starter. Um, and and may, I mean, well, but maybe that makes the the argument for the fact that some of these guys are still just coming out too early. Um, doing a little digging because I think that we can kind of agree. That the most successful quarter uh, quarterback in the NFL right now is Patrick Mahomes. Okay. All right. Uh, so I found Arrowhead Pride for SB Nation did their breakdown of Patrick Mahomes against the Bill Parcells criteria uh -huh. back in 2017, uh, right before they ended up drafting him. Uh, he was a two-and-a-half-year starter. Right. So he started four games in, in the second half of his freshman year. Uh, he was not a senior. He came out his junior season. Um, he started 28 games. So I don't know if you round up and say, okay, 30, but he started 28. Uh, he didn't, the winning criteria he didn't meet, he was 13 and 15 as a starter. Right. Uh, but the, the, the touchdown to interceptions, 93 touchdowns to 29 interceptions. And then the completion percentage of 60% or higher, he was a 63.5. Um, so the winning and, and sometimes winning you can put on the team. As a whole, because well, how, how many times did the defense blow a game? Okay, uh, but the 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 accuracy of completion percentage, the winning plays in terms of touchdown to interception is shows that you're making good reads. Uh, at 30 starts, says that you you have enough starting experience of going in as quarterback one. Right. I so those are that. fair evaluations. Yeah, but I. I that, but, that, but like but you said, you can hit six of the seven. Uh, Mahomes. So by this count, Mahomes hit 
hit five of seven. But but again, my point is, I just I'm not telling you that it's it, it's not stuff to support that. But I'm just telling you that I, in my opinion, I think Bill would have. I don't know if that would be the same criteria he would go by this at this time in in 2023. Only because this, of the years. Well, no, because I feel like for one, let's take for example his winning games, and and basically when you say how many starts winning games, and let's say the turnover ratio, whatever. Um, two of the guys that are going to be most likely one and two, or at least top three. Um, h- how many games have Caleb Williams won in college? I mean, he did this year is going to hurt his stock a little bit. We're talking about the Bill Parcells and wins. Um, how many interceptions has he thrown this year? If you want to add that in, he's going to be the number one. He's probably going to be the number one quarterback taken overall. Um, let, let's go to Drake May. How many games have Drake May won at Carolina? How many years did he start at Carolina? Um, how many games have he won? What's his interception ratio? And that guy is going to be the second quarterback taken or the third. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, the wild card is J.D. Daniels from LSU. That's the wild card. He's the, he's the Heisman favorite, I think, right now or right there or whatever. He's the wild card. But if we push him to the side – we're talking about Penix Jr., Caleb Williams, and Drake May. Caleb's hasn't, I mean, he, first of all, he's transferred from Oklahoma to USC for a particular coach. He, we've seen him play under one coach um, with, you know, Cliff Kingsbury coming in as a consultant. Um, that, that, so that's my point. I'm just saying, like, in this particular, as we keep talking about, oh, this is a deep quarterback draft, let's tank, and, you know, I want one of these young guns. These guys that are coming one, two, and three, I mean, you know, like if I had to look at blindly Penix Jr. without diving deeply in him, I would say one of the things out of the seven or Bill Parcells is I would look at it and say, okay, uh, he's undefeated this year. So he's won 12 games right now, 13 games going into the final four. What was last year like? What's his winning percentage the last couple years? How many games has he won the last couple of years? Was he a trade? He was with how many years has he been with Washington? Or was he a transfer somewhere else? You'd have to check that out. I can't remember the time I had, but I would like to see how many games he's won. Um, I'll give you another one. Bo Nix. Bo Nix is, is going to New York, a Heisman favorite. Uh, Bo Nix had a heck of a season. Bo Nix was not. Bo Nix got off to a rocky start at Auburn. And he's completed what? One full season now at Oregon. Uh, two, two from last at year. The least. Yeah. So, so um, was he there at Oregon last year? Yeah. Okay. I think double, he, he's been there check. for two or three. I'll double check. It ain't that. been three because he was at Auburn. Well, uh, it ain't been three years. I tell you that right now. But Penix Junior is actually in year six. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started out at Indiana for four years and transferred to Washington in 2022. So last year. So I would like to know in his six years of eligibility really what his win-loss record is. And look, I'm not trying to argue with one of the GOATs. I love Bill Parcells. I'm just – my thing to Chris is I'm just saying that, you know, it's fun to look at. I just don't know how much that is – people are going to use that as the Bible to scout quarterbacks going forward. Because like I said, most quarterbacks that are good or think NFL-ready, you – I mean, most likely you're not going to your senior year. Unless you are on this team that you fell short of a national champion and, you know, it was your dream to grow up and play this school. And you know what? I'll go ahead back. I'll come back for my senior year. It's very rare. Off the top of my head, Andrew Luck did it. And um, 
Hibbert did it. Those are only two that come to my mind right now. I'm not saying those are only the only ones. Those are only two that can come to the top of my head right now uh, in the last decade um, is pretty much Andrew Luck and Justin Hibbert that decided that, that would have been top two when they came out their junior year, but they decided to come back their senior year. So that's just my point. That's my point. But it's fun to play with. It's fun to look at. But my whole thing is I think the game has changed, especially offensively in that position, that I don't know if that's just as black and white, that if you follow this, you're going to get your guy, or that's really shows you if this guy can make it in the NFL or not. That's just – that's my thing. I think – honestly, I think what dwarfs that more than that is still the coach where in the organization where he's going and the coach, what kind of culture he's going to – is he going to develop? Because people can talk, and now that we're bringing it full circle, when we talk Pittsburgh struggles, we can say Pittsburgh, but have we ever really seen Pittsburgh really develop a quarterback? I mean, Big Ben was out of the University of Miami, Ohio. Ben had a lot of steam. I mean, his stature, whatever. I mean, when have they had a quarterback that they can really develop? Maybe that's part of Pickett. People are ready to throw Pickett out and say, oh, he's not an NFL quarterback. Do we know that yet? Is he? Even though that's Mike Tomlin, defensive-minded, but Mike Tomlin, Pittsburgh Steelers, class organization, but really have they developed quarterbacks? I don't know. There's a lot of different factors that go into this. 877-37 grind. All right, the Dallas Cowboys, they are set to take on, uh, which we can say this is probably the biggest game of the week. I mean, think about it. If you're Philly, you have to be exhausted by now. Look at how many big games of the week you participated in in the last couple couple weeks. That's a fatigue factor there. I know their schedule's going to lighten up a little bit here in a few weeks, but Philly's coming off of a grueling schedule of top-notch competition. And not only that, you know, in regards to three out of these four games, they went back to play 49ers, but a couple other ones were on the road and traveling. They're back on the road. Uh, they're going to Dallas Sunday night. That is the Sunday night game. Dallas coming in, hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Dallas has been red hot uh, since losing that game to the Philadelphia Eagles. They're getting an opportunity for Shawshank Redemption in their crib. Um, Dallas is coming in at a three-and-a-half point favorite in this game. Um, first off, uh, the question going into this is still going to be Mike McCarthy. Uh, is he going to be available? Is he going to coach? Is he going to be in the press box? Is he well enough to stand on the sideline? If I had to take a guess right now, uh, the question and the answer to that is I will be shocked if he is on the side. Well, very surprised I would be if he's on the sideline come Sunday night. Sideline um, or in the press box? or Is there a difference? Well, there's definitely a difference. I think press box is still not really that element. Now, if he's calling the plays from the press box, I think there could be still a little bit of just that. I mean, I would think Mike is a play caller. I would probably tell you I can count on maybe one hand how many times he's called plays as a play caller from the press box. So it's going to be a little bit different for him. Um, so there's going to be some different, but that's better than not having him in the building at all, uh, because I think that if he's not able to be well enough to be there, depending on what the doctor says or what have you, it, it's good. It doesn't mean Dallas can't win the game, but it's going to make a difference. It's it's going to make a difference. Uh, Jerry oh. Jones says Mike McCarthy will coach. OK, well, he's a tough one then. They don't build him like they used to. So if Jerry says that, then I guess we can move on. Um, we'll see, but to the game, uh, this is for the, the winner of this is going to win the division. If Dallas has any shot 
and any hope to try to steal the division from Philly, this is a must win for them. If they don't win this, the division's over. Uh, Philly will have the uh, tiebreaker. Uh, Philly, I think after, I don't know who they've got after Dallas, but you would have to think at very most they would drop maybe one more game, and therefore it would put them still um, a game probably right there with a little bit ahead of Dallas, still a right there tie with Dallas. They get the tiebreaker for head-to-head. That means they would have swept them. What do you got? Uh, they got the, another, the flexed game against the Seahawks mm-hmm. in big uh, 12th man country mm-hmm. next Monday, um, a week from Monday, rather. You've got Giants are two of your last three games, and then splitting that series is the Cardinals. Yeah, this is uh, this is Seattle. You know, any given Monday, uh, I doubt it. I think Seattle's digressing. You know, they they're eleven point underdogs with the 49ers this weekend. That's a lot of points to lay in a division game. Wouldn't touch that though. But I will tell you that. Seattle is maybe I give them a 20% chance to win that game, 25% chance. So I think looking at the schedule, they already lost the 49ers last week. This would probably be the Phillies' last stand. Barring any major injury to Jalen Hurts or anybody else in this squad, I would say this is their probably last opportunity uh, to take an L uh, in the regular season. So I think definitely this is a must win for Dallas if they want to still have hopes, glimmer hopes of winning the NFC East. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos on this R&B Friday. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 
And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pilden Whiskey. Keep in mind, Pilden Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before bottling glacier fed spring waters added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Pilden Whiskey delivers an uncommonly smooth taste and rich, complex flavor. And again, Pilden Whiskey is the official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association and the official whiskey of the Professional Bull Riding Tour, which is the PBR Velocity Tour. And it's an official whiskey of the sports grind and an official sponsor of the sports grind as well 87737 grind all right so without a doubt like i said going through the to the break if dallas wants any opportunity to have a glimmer of hope at the nfc east title they're going to have to win this particular ball game um You know, last time I went with Dallas, they burnt me. And, you know, to me, I feel like this has they they do not have a quality win, in my opinion, in a long time. The last quality win that they got with eyes on a particular game and expectations, again, was a beat up. Tampa Bay Bucks offensive line and a beat down fresh off a divorce filing them papers Tom Brady that was it that came out all world whatever that's the last one so to me this is another opportunity on Sunday night football to get that quality and signature win Philly has them and they're coming off a drumming against the 49ers, not just to be embarrassing. So to me, how tired they are, speaking of Philly, you know, three games out of the last four on the road, whatever the case may be, they're going to be up for this game. Okay. Um, you know, I, I just have to see it to believe it, man. I have to do. I have to. You know, I'm going to have to probably pick Philly still to be victorious because until Dallas, I can't go by how bad they've beaten teams at home, at least into this stretch. You play people, you play who's in front of you. But I've got to see them before I can pick them against a 49ers, a Philly, whoever. Don't they have don't they have Miami still left on the schedule? I think Dallas. Yeah, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit, and Washington. Yeah, you know, this is – look, I'll I'll take my L on this one. If I'm wrong, I'll say, hey, they did it, and maybe I'll pick them. But but this – I might pick them for all eyes because they got a couple more of them in this stretch. We all all knew that this was a stretch that we're going to find out a lot about Dallas. I'm not going to pick them yet until they show me otherwise. And especially on a week that – it's been somewhat abnormal because of Mike McCarthy's emergency procedure. I mean, there's other coaches there, you know, maybe it doesn't affect the defense, but you don't have the leader and the guy that, that, that could play a little bit too. So, and not only that Philly's coming off of uh, an embarrassment and they understand this is a robbery game. And there was a lot of people that watched that beat down with the San Francisco 49ers last week. So, so we'll see how again, if Dallas comes out smoking, if Dallas comes out, a blazing and the defense on, and they get the victory, victorious, and they're victorious. Okay, we'll go. We'll see. You know what do you got? I don't know if this is a foundation pick or not, but I'm gonna fade you. I'm gonna go mm-hmm. with Dallas this weekend. Okay, 
All I right. just think that this is that they've had enough to kind of get ready and prepare for this one. And they, I don't, I don't think they've been talking enough about this one mm-hmm. like they were the Niners game. Okay. So they've been kind of keeping it on the low. Um, the Phillies gone through the gauntlet. That's fine. So I'm gonna I'm, just for the record. No, that's fine. Monday. Yeah, no, that's fine. I, I mean, if you're right, that's fine. I mean, I, I kind of hope so we can get some interest going. I mean, I kind of hope they are victorious. Speaking of Dallas, but I just I can't do it again. I just I did. You know, they they look they don't look like the same team. They haven't yet, and they never do look like the same team that they do against the Giants, the Commanders you know, of the world when they go up against the bullies. And until otherwise, I'll see. I'm just not going to do it. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. 877-37-GRIND. All right. Uh, Keeping it moving, uh, the Denver Broncos, uh, they're back in action coming off of a loss last weekend that saw their five-game winning streak come to an end. Uh, They're going to be traveling to SoFi Stadium to take on the Chargers. Um with last night's events with the Pittsburgh Steelers, I believe Denver since at number nine um, in the AFC, uh, two spots out of uh, a wild card spot. Um, would it be one? Well, it's an extra. It's eight spots, right? Or seven. I'll pull the official map. Because I always yeah, lose track. It seven. Seven. Okay, um, then there are two spots out. Because you get the... You get the one with the team with the bye, mm-hmm. and then the rest has to be even. It's seven. You're right. Seven. So, look, when you look at this matchup, I said it yesterday, they've yet to win a game in SoFi Stadium. Um, there's factors to that, but it is what it is. This is the year they've been breaking streaks under this winning streak that they were in previous to last week. Um, what I'm looking for is – how does the team respond off of a loss? They haven't lost in five games up until last week. This is the first test that we get to see. Um, is this a team that has learned through that one and five start how to really regain focus in a practice week and stop the bleeding and not let one loss turn into two or three? Um, when you look at this, I believe that um, – Some of the focus going into this game, kind of what I've heard the chatter and what I can even just anticipate knowing, you know, kind of how this team operates and especially how Sean usually basically goes on from the next game, gets prepared and looks at the, you know, uh, troubles. I think a lot of focus is really going to be at the start of this game in the first quarter. And the million-dollar question and the million-dollar answer needs to come from what is this team going to look like coming out of halftime after eating orange slices in the third quarter? Sean alluded to it during some of his time with the media this week about the possibilities of having to script those plays in the second quarter. Um, You do what you got to do to try to get a W and keep your playoff chances alive. Um And if that's what they need to do, they need to do that. I think the first quarter, they've got to get off to a better start than what they did last week against Houston. I mean, they had an opportunity, but you know what? When you're in a tight conference race, you can't drop a for sure 40, 50-yard gain by Cortland Sutton, you know, second play of the game. You can't do that uh, because it shows that it can come back to bite you in the ass and the narrative of the game takes a whole different turn. So I'm looking for a quicker start. 
Um, they're playing a team uh, that they, you know, due to the fact of how long it's these struggles that Denver's been going through in the last five or six years, the one constant in the the only team in the division they've been able to beat is this team, the Chargers, uh, going into this season I speak of. Okay, that's the reason why I keep preaching that whether they make the playoffs or not, that game in week 18 in Las Vegas is very important, I believe, for the organization and going in forward to next year. You've got to exercise that losing streak demon to that particular organization. You did it with Kansas City. It's been there with the Chargers. I mean, I think worst case scenario, um, Denver's going to split with the Chargers. They should. You know, if they're really a playoff team, they'll sweep them. Uh, that's what I believe. I think if they're really going to be a playoff team, they, this is a game. Even on the road, you've got to win. Uh, you know, I told you all weeks ago, I don't see how you get. I mean, I can see it because they're leaking a little bit of oil, but I don't know how you go into Ford Field and get a win in Detroit. Um, so this is a game that I feel they've got to win. They, If they're going to be a playoff team, they're going to have to sweep the Chargers. They're going to have to beat them Sunday, and they're going to have to turn around in a couple weeks and beat them when they come to Denver if they're going to make the playoffs. I think to have a chance, and I just keep saying this, um, they're going to have to go you know, 3-1 and one down this stretch at the minimum. You know, they're going to have to really, you know, starting with this Sunday, they're going to have to go three and one the the final four weeks of the season to have a chance. And that will still get you. um, You will still need some help. Now, if you sweep, if they're able to start a new winning streak and win the last four, they're going to go to the playoffs, I believe, because that would put them right there going in the record. That would put them at 10 and six. And I believe that's going to get them a uh, oh excuse me that would put them at uh, yeah it would put them at ten and six right or eleven I'm doing no it would put them at eleven they're they're six and six right now or six, correct they're six and six so if they and including this game that means that we're in week fourteen there's eighteen weeks right there's eighteen weeks seventeen games right so therefore. If they would sweep the rest of that, would put them at eleven and six. If they sweep the rest of the way, if they sweep rest of the way, they're in the playoffs. Eleven and six, I think for sure, gets you a wild card spot because you're going to probably get some tiebreakers along that way. You you'll you'll sit there and you'll probably whether that means conference records, and then therefore you look at other schedules, there might be some carnage. But I think eleven and six gets them in to have a puncher's chance. They got to go three and one, uh, ten and seven. They need some help. So we'll see how it plays out. If you're looking at the Chargers, they're not mathematically eliminated yet. Um, I think they're still going to pose a offensive challenge uh, to this defense. I, I think when you have Justin Hibbert and you have Kellen Moore, uh, their receiving core, you still have Austin Eckler. You've got a running game. You know, one of Denver's weakest parts of their team this year has been the run defense, even though they've played a little bit better. I think they're better than what the stats show just because of that Miami 70 point debacle. But I do feel that they will be pressed run wise. But, you know, it's crazy out of all the, the only positives that I did take from last week's game against the Houston Texans is that they did do a better job against the run. Uh, they they were able to contain Houston for the most part against the run. They lost that game off of dumb penalties um, and bad execution in the red zone and turnovers. 
uh, by Russ, um, you know, in that way. And that's just the reality of it is. So we'll see how it pans out. But if they're going to be a playoff team, this is Sunday is a game uh, that they want to start and get because you don't want to go. I mean, that's going to be a tough stretch because if you lose Sunday, you're staring at a possible dead red because I think Detroit is next week, uh, I believe, at Ford Field. Then they come back home. Um, I believe for the Patriots or something like that. Yeah, Patriots, Chargers, and finish in uh, yeah Vegas. Yeah, so we'll see how it plays out. Eight seven seven three seven grind. All right, moving on. Uh, some other notes of some other NFL games uh, this weekend: Jacksonville versus Cleveland Browns. Uh, these are two teams that are still, you know, Jacksonville is going to make the playoffs. It's about seeding. Cleveland still has their playoff chances uh, that they're trying to hold on to. The question about this game. Jacksonville has come out and said that Trevor Lawrence is going to be a pretty much Sunday decision, which I take that as game time decision. Now, I think a lot of this is gamemanship. Uh, me personally, I just don't see any scenario why you put Trevor Lawrence out there on Sunday. Um, and if they do, this is to me, this is more and I can see Trevor fighting for this, but this would be more personally a personal accolade like you're trying to keep. Remember how much that we and you got to think Trevor's grown up in that area. You see, remember how much we gave glory and how much which is a hard feat. Remember when we talked about Brett Favre's consecutive start streak, what he went through and that, you know, that was celebrating all that to me. Trevor's never missed a start. If he starts this game of play, in my opinion, it's more self-absorbed. It's more about a person. There's no reason he should be out there this Sunday. I mean, they're playing Cleveland. They're playing a physical defense. On Cleveland's side, I'm looking for Cleveland to bounce back defensively. In my opinion, I know Jonas and I disagree a little bit, but in my opinion, I think Cleveland has leaked oil a little bit in the last couple of years. I mean, couple of years, couple of games based off of the on the defensive side. Now that can play a factor when you say Miles Garrett. We don't Garrett disagree home. on that. Oh well, I thought you said that. Well, I thought you pushed back a little bit because you were saying, well, we had some guys out of maybe Miles Garrett injury because I thought that to me, I thought that Swartz had kind of been a little bit. You know, I won't say figured out, but they kind of get an understanding of what Swartz doing with the defense the last couple of weeks. I thought you had well, some pushback in, on it. Injuries. I mean, when you have you leak oil in your car because there's a there's something else wrong, whether it's a loose gasket or there's an actual hole in the, right. the oil tank. So, uh, not having Denzel Ward is kind of like having a hole in leaking oil. You can still leak oil with injuries. Uh, being a part of that, right? Um, but we don't disagree that they're not leaking oil because, like I said, I felt ever since that Niners game, even going into the two division games, they were kind of feeling themselves too much and got figured out. So uh, disagree on that one. Okay. Um, but this one's a really interesting game though because we still don't know who's playing quarterback for either side because ever since Monday and through all this week, Cleveland has uh, been mum to name a starting quarterback. Uh, again, under the guise of gamesmanship, do you you have two different quarterbacks of two totally different styles that could be playing? It's either DTR with a run option and and your quarterback moving out of the pocket, or it, or it's Joe Flacco who's going to stand back there like a statue and just tear you up from down downfield. Is what the hope would be. Uh, I don't. I'm not not that not that I would expect that. That's their hope is that you, he would be able to dissect a defense with his arm and not so much with his legs, and then well, make well, the Jacksonville prepare for both of them. Well, the, what a question I was have. Who's getting the most snaps? At first, well, I don't DT, know if they released DTR has not been able to practice all week because of concussion protocol, but he could still be cleared on Saturday and then be a game time decision on Sunday. So they're yeah, non-committal. I, 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 would, I would tell you right now that that's that's Joe Flacco making a second start. If DTR if DTR has, well, I just say it based. 
I, the only reason why I agree with you should be is because that I disagree with you should be. I think DTR should be the starting quarterback going forward. Um, I think that the reason why I agree with you, it's going to be Joe Flacco this game, because I don't believe DTR where he's at in his career. He can miss a whole week of practice and not participate. And just because he's cleared concussion, two uh, two weeks of practice and be cleared just because he can clear on Saturday concussion protocol, be ready to play against Jacksonville. Uh, I told you on Monday after Monday night's game, I think Jacksonville, uh, their weakness is their secondary, in my opinion. I think defensively, uh, overall, I think defensively they're still suspect. I, I think they can cover pretty good, you know, from sideline to sideline and gets the run. And back. But the passing game, yeah, if Joe Flacco plays and they can keep him upright, there could be some plays here in the secondary. And I do believe that this is going to be Cleveland's defense and Swartz against a backup quarterback. I really believe that. So uh, it's an important game, more important for Cleveland, I believe, than Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville, when you lose Trevor Lawrence, I think any hopes – along with that game of getting the number one seed is probably going to be if they've got a 97% chance still to make the playoffs and Calvin's next gen stats uh, calculation off the dome, I would probably tell you that I would put on it. Maybe they would have a 25% chance still at the with Trevor state still at a chance to get the number one seed. I think that's going to go to the hands of Miami or uh, Baltimore will come and sneak it in the last second. So, but still an important game, but I think more for Cleveland than not. Also on the weekend on Sunday, uh, another Sunday game that we have another big one. And I think this one is one, I would put this about one B behind one, a game of the week, Dallas and Philly. And this is Kansas city and Buffalo Um, big AFC game. Uh, Kansas City, what's on the line for them? Um, I think any chance whatsoever of even remotely getting an opportunity to get the one seed, uh, you're going to have to win this game. I think if Kansas City loses this game, you can, for, the one seed is out the door. And for the first time, uh, they're probably going to be going into the playoffs at the three seed or worse um, if, you, if they lose, in my opinion. And the other thing is, is that um, – this, as far as I can remember, this would be the first time um, in the Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes era that I can remember um, that you would basically say a losing streak in the month of December. Could be wrong on that because uh, they've had a lot of success, those two. But I would ha- be hard-pressed. If it's not the first, it would definitely be only the second time you can say they're on a losing streak in the month of December. So translation, we just would not have been in custom of seeing Kansas City struggle this late in the season de- December, especially on the offensive side of the ball. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy.
It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 